Welcome to Discover Indie Film. I'm your host, Jeff Howard, and I'm very happy to have Hassan El Amin with me. Hey, Hassan. Hey, Jeff. We are on Zoom, even though we're actually close to neighbors, I think, right? Yeah, I don't live very far from you. I'm in North Hollywood, so. You're North Hollywood, I'm Sherman Oaks. Yeah. And as a native Angelino, I feel like the whole world should know that North Hollywood and Sherman Oaks are neighbors, but I might That's be right. a little egotistical there. That's right. I'm, my whole career is dedicated to putting North Hollywood on the map. So that's what I'm trying oh, to I've got a book to tell you about after ah. we finish recording. But Hassan is talking to me because if you listen to the last podcast, you'd know. But he wrote and directed and produced a film called The Strong Box, which was a short uh, comedy horror film that was a film invasion in Los Angeles in 2021. Took home two awards. It took home the Audience Award for Best Short Horror, and it took home the Filmmakers Award for Outstanding Acting by an Individual for your lead actor Joseph Fox. So, golf clap, bravo for a well-made film. Thank you, and hats off to Joseph Fox. He's really yeah, talented. Ex- excellent, uh, great job by uh, by you casting a stand-up comic to be the lead in your in your in your film. And for anyone who wants to hear all about that film and Hassan's uh, creative history, listen to the podcast before this one. This podcast is a four questions episode, which means Hassan is going to answer these four, which are three favorite films, an underrated film, an overrated film, and a lesser known film that people should seek out. It's really just a fun way to discuss movies and get to know, you know, I think you learn a lot about an artist by by learning what their inspirations and favorites are. And what can I say? It's actually because I have a friend who's a professional session drummer and his whole social media is devoted to who's the most overrated drummer of all time. And then like people start answering and tells everyone, no, it's Neil Peart. So anyway, and that, boy, that that blows up but anyway <laughs> he inspired me to do the same thing with film so okay i will i will shut up and let you start answering do you want to tell uh, three of your favorite films okay so three of my favorite films in no particular order um as i was explaining earlier the reason why these films got on this list is because of just the personal impact to me this is not really a judgment on um, you know their quality or you know how great the directors are, but uh, kicking off uh, uh, is uh, first one would be Unforgiven, 1992 I think with uh, Clint Eastwood, and uh, the reason why this is on this list is because when I first saw this, I hated this movie. <laughs> I didn't get it at all. I didn't understand it at all. And I was wondering why the hero is so downtrodden and not that good at what he does and all these kinds of things. And just, you know, I didn't understand this movie at all. But at the time, I hadn't seen a lot of his earlier works, um, like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Fistful of Dollars, you know, a lot of his spaghetti Western films that he had done, um, where, you know, he's the you know, the tall, good-looking gunslinger that comes in and, you know, shoots the bad guys and gets the girl. And it was just, you know, uh, very, um, you know, almost cartoon, you know, very simple one-note version of a film. And then he does Unforgiven, which is a comment on all that earlier work. And so at the time, I did not know that. And when I saw it later, and also just a different time in my, in my life, I'm a little bit older, and I can appreciate you know, the, um, 
the you know the languid pace of it, the the soundtrack, the you know all of the different characters that are also archetyped from other Western films, but kind of turned on their head. Um, I just really was taken by man going from a film that you can despise to like now it's you know one of your favorites. Um, and then the next film is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, that's uh, Milos Forman, I think it is, 1975, and I was like. I have never seen a film that started off so lighthearted and got so heavy at the end where, you know, spoiler alert, it doesn't end well for the lead of the film. I was blown away. I'd never seen that before. Didn't know you could do that in a movie. And so um, I was really impressed with that. And also, you know, it, it was early on in the careers of a lot of the people that were in it. So you got to see Danny DeVito when he's much younger and, and, you know, just a lot of these actors, you know, um, getting their Christopher art. Lloyd, Christopher Lloyd was in it. Um, yeah, just a really impressive cast. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just very interesting. And then the villain of the film is a nurse, like nurses are good people that help you, but no, it's like, it was incredible. Uh, I really liked that movie. Um, and then the last one on the list would be 1992, also same year as Unforgiven, I think. Um, Malcolm X is a Spike Lee movie. And, uh, that just hit me on the level of, man, I was, uh, you know, uh, I grew up in the nineties and I had, uh, and so the airways was a lot of like hip hop and public enemy and KRS one and a lot of, you know, rappers talking about, um, consciousness and empowerment for for black kids and uh, you know I was really taken by that and the novel that kind of uh, was most important to me at that time was the autobiography of Malcolm X I was uh, a young man um, in Detroit I grew up as a Muslim and so it literally was you know my life and my experiences on the screen and that was one of the first times that I had had that experience and so it was just impressive you know the impact of seeing yourself and being seen was just so important to me and uh you know you had great performances by Denzel Washington and Angela Bassett and all these other people and just you know it was an epic and scope and you know it, it just hey it, it 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 hit me like a lightning bolt when I first saw it um so that's my list of the three. Well, that's um, a great list. And I just want to add like, uh, yeah, I'm so glad you put Malcolm X on there because the, autobio uh, the autobiography of Malcolm X, I think, is an amazing read. Um, yeah. And, and to my deficit, it was because it was assigned to me in, in, right. a, in a class in college, actually. Right. But the fact that, that Spike Lee did such a strong adaptation on such an important book. I, I just think is a gift to the world. Yeah. And um, yeah. And just it, it, just the journey. I mean, the journey from the book, you get that same journey from, you know, um, poor kid to street hustler to, you know, minister to finally, you know, where he ended up. And then, you know, his assassination, it was just an amazing Book. And, and uh, <laughs> the funny thing was when they, you know, I guess they had first tried to do this project many years ago. I think the first one of the big name directors attached to it was Norman Jewison, who had done a soldier story. Um, and uh, 
I think early on they had instead of like a Denzel Washington, the, the they you know they were like, who's the biggest black male actor we have at that time? And at that time it was Richard Pryor. So Richard Pryor was almost Malcolm X, and uh, <laughs> it would not have been the same movie at all. So I'm glad that uh, uh, Spike Lee got involved and it ended up where it did. But, Absolutely. Uh, incredible. And, and also, interesting thing about your list is two-thirds of the films are based on amazing books. Uh, Cuckoo's Nest Yeah, an amazing book. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I'm and- so glad you included that film, too, because that film rarely gets mentioned uh, in this podcast, and that's, that film's just uh, must-viewing must for anyone who loves cinema. Must-viewing. It's, you know, it's so unique especially at that time that uh you know you know films of the 70s are very daring and interesting and unique and that was right along with many of the others easy rider and you know all those others i mean it's just incredible so it had to go on the list but i also have a horror list for those want to do your you can throw in your horror list i have a horror list too because just because i i am very interested in horror and i i don't want to discount that but that's uh so starting off with the thing the thing 1982 john carpenter had to be on this list it's uh that movie just terrified me (laughs) it was terrifying it was it was interesting it it took you into this whole new world in the you know the arctic that i'd never seen before and was very interesting and i think the best films for me do that and i hope to do that with my own films is really you know not only entertain but educate and really you know bring you into this you know interesting world and um it was it was great it was terrifying the effects were great they're still great now i think um cgi doesn't quite match the artistry that, you know, hand, you know, crafted effects can do. Um, but uh, it's still amazing. And then um, second on the list is Halloween. Um, it's just that simple, you know, weirdo stalking story that, you know, it, it was just. Uh, and I really like these horror films that start off as. Um, just very, you know, just basic exploitation movies. They, you know, they made them, you know, probably a million, you know, weirdo slasher movies at that time. But this just kind of elevated it and really boiled it down to not so much the blood factor, because it's not a very bloody movie, but just the creep factor and just the, you know, it just, it gets under your skin. Um, and so I really love that about that movie. Um, and then last on the list is The Exorcist. And I didn't see The Exorcist until, um, uh, I think it was around the time I kind of first got to LA and it was at the, um, the Cinerama Dome. I don't even know if it was the Arclight at that time. It may have been, but, uh, they showed, uh, the, uh, the version you've never seen is what they called it. And, uh, there's a moment in the film that I guess isn't, wasn't in the original theatrical release, but there's this big scare and then the movie cuts to black and the audience sat there. It felt like, you know, 10 minutes, we're probably only like a few seconds, but we were just in the dark screaming. And I just thought that was just the greatest communal experience for moviegoers. And that's, you know, a, a, a plug for the theater experience and you know that's what you don't get at home on netflix 
is just being there together and all feeling the same way and experiencing the same thing. And um, yeah, that was amazing. You know, I got to say, I appreciate your list a lot because I'm a John Carpenter. I like, I grew up a non horror person. Like I grew up, you know, I grew up in the seventies and eighties and that's when it was pretty much a slasher and it was like kind of dull, the slasher thing, but John Carpenter, you got two, two thirds of your list is John Carpenter. And, and I, I swear to God, I was not a horror guy, but I saw every John Carpenter movie in the theaters opening yeah. weekend because I just knew he was going to deliver. I just thought that guy's just he got flawless. It. Yeah. There's a, a list somewhere of, I saw of the, you know, filmmakers, I forget what they call it, but who've made five films consecutively, you know, that were all like just masterpieces. And he's on that list. He's just, <laughs> he is. And, and, and I think I mentioned you, we got a 15 year old in my household and, uh, she loves horror, so I actually watch horror with her all the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, after watching Insidious and 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 uh, The Conjuring and stuff, I looked mm-hmm. over at this kid. I think she was actually 13 or 14 at the time, and I said, "I'm you are going to – I don't care what you want to watch next. We're watching The Exorcist because you mm-hmm. are seeing all these demonic possession movies, yeah. and you haven't seen the reason people are making these movies. The reason. And yeah. The Exorcist – is amazing because it's such a like it's not even a horror film for the first no it's like this fascinating thing with archaeology sites and all kinds of stuff and one of the few horror films to get like mainstream attention like it made you know all kinds of money you know it was a conversation that everybody was talking about it got awards nominations and, and attention and uh yeah it's uh, but you know, any film when it hits you on that level, it doesn't matter what genre it is. So anybody can love horror as long as it's a great film. Doesn't matter. And props to it because it holds up. You know, a lot of films. I admit, like when you are raising a kid, you say, "Oh, you got to see this," and then you yeah. watch it with them, and you're like, "Oh, I Ooh. was, I had some rose-colored glasses <laughs> remembering this." Yeah. But, you know, in spite of. It's really not dated, but yeah, the the Exorcist. Yeah, he was like, that was a great movie. That was great. Yeah. Like she liked it as much as all the modern horror. Yeah, well, the same uh, director that remade ha- Halloween and 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 to me um, didn't quite do as great a job is uh, remaking The Exorcist. So <laughs> I'm not. Uh... I just made a face like someone just stabbed me in the foot. Oh, so uh... I just stepped on a tap. I do not like the idea of The Exorcist. But that's just me being a purist. What can I yeah, say? Yeah. At some point, they're going to remake The Wizard of Oz and Gone with the Wind and everything. So <laughs> it's all going to happen. There's going to be uh, it's going to be yeah, a special dis- version of the Disney Channel where like everything is remade. Yeah. 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 And they'll yeah. do a live action version of every animated film and an animated version of every live action <laughs> film. And we're going to have 17 versions of Star Wars. But that's right. That's right. Do. <laughs> All right. Well, your next question, question number two, is uh, an underrated film. An underrated film. Uh, so an underrated film, I think, is, um, well, when I when I thought about the overrated and underrated, I, I they kind of paired together. So the, the, the underrated one, I think, is uh, Solaris, uh, Steven Soderbergh's uh, version. 
in the I'm not sure when it was. Was that the I think that was the ninety late nineties or two thousands? I can't remember. But um I really liked it. And it you know, I don't think a lot of people liked it. I don't think a lot of people saw it, but uh for me it just hit me in the um, it kind of washed over me. It's the soundtrack. It's the mood. It's the, um, you know, it's an, a science fiction film, but it's not really about the effects. It's more about the concept of, you know, what it, what would it be like to have a loved one, you know, be able to bring them back and experience them again and tell them things you want to tell them and all those things. It was very interesting. It was also like, one of the first times, um, you know, I'd seen Viola Davis. She had a real small role in it, but she was so impactful. And so, I mean, it's just so, so good. And just everything about it. I just love that movie. And so um, overrated is also Solaris. 1972 Solaris, which everybody talks about. Tartoski is one of the great filmmakers, and I'm, he is. But for this movie... I was just bored, bored, bored. And maybe it's because I saw Soderbergh Solaris first. <laughs> uh, it just, the effects, the, everything about it, it, you know. And mind you, some of these movies I understand at that time, avant-garde, different, you know, blow people's minds. But, you know, over the years, you know, when it becomes standard filmmaking language, it just didn't hit it for me. You know, I'm giving Hassan thumbs up uh, on Zoom, which the audience cannot hear. But uh, I love those two picks. And when you said they go together, I had a hunch after you named Solaris. I love the Soderbergh Solaris. And yeah, Tarkovsky is an amazing filmmaker. But when I saw Solaris and I looked, I believe it's uh, like it came out two, three years after 2001. Mm. I think someone in the Russian government just turned to him and said, make the Russian version of it. It's just... We want, they just said, you saw 2001, do something like that. Yeah. Or, or your whole family goes to the gulag. <laughs> and, and I think he made it intentionally uh, as many boring traffic scenes as he could put in. Like, like, yeah. like I, I think he, I, I got no proof and I've done no research to back up this theory, but just <laughs> watching the film, I'm like, he tried to make this bad because he was forced to rip off 2001. <laughs> right. But that, but and I guess the reason why they were you wanted to remake it was the concept, you know, the, the germ is there, but it needed an updating. And especially, you know, for American audiences and, you know, the visual effects and all that. And, um, yeah, I just I really think it, it works for me. And it, it's just like Soderbergh to say to, like, take on something like that. I, yeah. I hold Soderbergh in very high regard, personally. and uh, Absolutely. I mean, he's made some very commercial movies. Uh, but even them, they're not necessarily very mainstream, but he's made very commercial movies. But, you know, then he goes off on a tangent, just does whatever he wants to do. And so he's an incredible artist. Anytime he has a huge hit, he follows it up with something super artsy and self-indulgent. I mean, yeah. the guy made Kafka. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you got to admire. And, uh, you know, a filmmaker like that, even if it's if, if I don't necessarily connect with the film that much, you know, but I understand what I'm going into. I know that this is his artsy film and this is, you know, his personal vision. And sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. But, I, you know, I appreciate the effort. Agreed. Big agreement. All right. Well, that covered questions two and three. So last is a lesser known film for people to seek out. A lesser-known film 
for people to seek out is called Nothing But a Man, 1962. I think his name, the director's name is Michael Romer. Not, you know, I don't think he made a lot of films after that. Um, but it was a, a small slice of life story um, in the South. Uh, it stars, uh, blanking on his name right now, Ivan Dixon. Ivan Dixon, who yeah, I knew from uh, the car, uh, car wash <laughs> movie in the 70s. But um, but he's just a guy working on the, the railroad or something like that. And, uh, you know, he meets a, a, a girl and, um, you know, they hit it off. But um, it's set in the 60s and it's set in the South. And so racism plays a part in the film. But that's not what the film is about. It's just this small slice of life story. And a lot of times, you know, as a uh, as a black film goer and, and creator, you know, sometimes, you know, when you have a black film, it's, you know, they focus on certain things like, you know, it's, this is a racism story. This is about discrimination or oppression. It's that. But this isn't about that. Um, and so and, and it was one of the few times where you can watch a black film that doesn't focus on those things and focuses more on the romance and the difficulties that they face because, you know, he's, um, you know, blue collar, low income. She comes from a more respectable family, the struggle between her family and them getting together. And then just, you know, once they're together, how difficult it is for them to stay together. And I just thought it was a really, really great film, especially for its time. And easy to find because you can find it on YouTube and watch it there. So if you get a chance, check out Nothing But a Man. Absolutely. So, you know what? You, I think you, you make a good point about that, too, is that when you want to make a point, it's often more effective to do it with a story than right. to hammer on the head. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just, uh, you know, I, I don't very often see films, uh, particularly um, black films that are allowed to do that and simply or, or story or films that um, feature black protagonists that do that, that um, allow them to just, you know, talk about their lives without, you know, some other external force, like how, how do, you know, how does the racism affect them? It's just about the lives they're leading. And, um, you know, so I'm sure it's not necessarily a huge commercial hit, <laughs> but uh, it was a really affecting and moving story for me. Yeah. And it sounds like the, they trusted the audience to, to glean out of it what they could, but that yeah. I, that's, you always got to respect filmmakers who trust their audience to, Absolutely. They don't have to lay everything out and make it super obvious. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, um, and then I just realized from, you know, films like that, like, uh, you know, there are commercial films and there are films, you know, that are uh, about the art, about moving and affecting people. And they don't reach a, a wide audience. Like I said, the director, I don't think he ever became a big household name. But, you know, for his contribution to uh, cinema, I mean, I, I, I really appreciate it. And um, it's something that uh, I hope to build on. Absolutely. And wow. So it's on YouTube. That's 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 good to know. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Fair enough. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, do you want to name your your social media and such before before we run? 
Yes, I do. Thank you. Uh, um, it's uh, at Mr. Hassan El Amin on Instagram and uh, various other places. That's M R H A S S A N E L A M I N. And you can find me all on those platforms. And I, uh, I promise there will be a clickable link in the show notes of this podcast uh, for, for people who, who want to just click on it and check, check, uh, check it out. Very cool. Now I will go on my closing, not ramp, but I'll name some things. First of all, thank you everyone for listening to the discover indie film podcast. This podcast was born out of some film festivals, including the film festival that Hassan's film, the strong box was in where it won two awards. So I'll just thank you for listening. If you like, and subscribe, that'd be wonderful. And if you want to learn more about this podcast, and there's actually a TV series that was born out of that's Amazon on Amazon Prime Video, you can just go to discoverindiefilm.com and on social media, it's at DIF Wins. And I did mention, uh, I don't know if I said Film Invasion Los Angeles, but, but that is the festival that where Hassan won a couple awards with the Strong Box. So if you want to learn more about that festival that we hold every June, just go to filminvasionla.com or it's at filminvasionla on social media. And it does have a sister festival every November. That's Sherman Oaks Film Festival. So at Sherman Oaks FF is the, oh, I just did the at first. I always do it the other way. <laughs> at Sherman Oaks FF is for social media and shermanoaksff.com is for the web. And the last thing I'll mention is we got the thing on Prime Video and also there's a, a streaming service slash uh, smart TV app that people should check out. Just go to watch. Editors note, every time I say hi TV, I should have actually said TV high. The service has been rebranded. It is called TV high as in watch TV high.com TV And you can learn more about it on social media. If you go to at watch TV high and that's always TV back to the podcast. And check it out. It's it's a it's a new streaming service, high 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 quality indie films that uh, just might be really darn good to watch when you're high. If you live somewhere where that's legal and you can do so responsibly in a way that doesn't harm yourself or your life, please enjoy. All right, Hassan El Amin, it was a pleasure. Thank you, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to talk with you. Yeah, absolutely loved your list, and uh, thank you everyone for listening. All right. Yeah.